Welcome to the Strawberry Jam Sessions, brought to you by Victorian Strawberries. I'm your host, Simone Austin, accredited practicing dietitian and lover of all things strawberry. Each episode will bring you a punnet full of goodness to help you make the most of Victorian strawberries. So let's get to it. So today with me, I have a very special friend, Dinesh Palapano. Welcome to the Victorian Strawberries podcast, Dinesh. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And I, I love that it's a punnet full of goodness. I love that. That's cool. And lots of punnets all season through. But before I start asking you lots of questions, Dinesh, so that our listeners can get to know you, I'm going to give them a little bit of information to get us started. So um, I'm going to read out the bio and I have shortened it because Dinesh has achieved an awful lot in his, I think, 38 years, but he might not want me to give away his age. 38, 38. I got it right. Dinesh was the first quadriplegic medical intern in Queensland and the second person to graduate medical school with quadriplegia in Australia. Dinesh is a doctor, lawyer, disability advocate and researcher. And halfway through medical school, he was involved in a motor vehicle accident that caused a cervical spine cord injury. As a result of his injury and experiences, Dinesh has been an advocate for inclusion. He is a founding member of Doctors with Disabilities Australia. Dinesh works in the emergency department at the Gold Coast University Hospital. He's a senior lecturer at the Griffith University. He's a researcher in spinal cord injury. A doctor for the Gold Coast Titans physical disability rugby team and a senior advisor to the Disability Royal Commission. He's also an ambassador to the Human Rights Commission Includability Program, and he was 2021 International Day of People with Disability Ambassador, and was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia in 2019. Dinesh is a 2021 Queensland Australian of the Year, and he has a new book called Stronger, which I have listened to. So again, welcome, Dinesh. And the first thing I'd like to get you to share with the viewers, if that's okay, is about when did you first come to live in Australia? Because you haven't lived here all of your life. No, and uh, I, I feel so lucky to live in Australia now, but we landed here on my 10th birthday, which was on the 25th of September, 1994. So uh, that, that was the first time I've ever been on an aeroplane. It's the first time I've ever been out of Sri Lanka. It's the first time I've ever been in a country like Australia. So we've been here since 1994 now. And hopefully loving it. And you live in the warm part of the world. You live in the Gold Coast. Oh, I love the warmth so much. So uh, I live in Gold Coast. It's full of sun and beach and warmth and I really love that kind of environment. It's so good. And Gold Coast is home now. I hope that we deliver Victorian strawberries up to the Gold Coast because they're better than Queensland ones. Just just a little bit biased here coming from Victoria. But let's hope the Victorian strawberries make their way up to Queensland because I think they have different seasons. So hopefully you'll be eating Victorian ones. And any time that you come to Melbourne, I'm sure we'll be giving you Victorian strawberries. Let's start a little bit and talk about your work journey. What made you want to be a lawyer? Because that was sort of your first main profession. Yeah. I mean, I was never one of those people that grew up knowing exactly what they wanted to do. When I graduated from high school, I didn't, I didn't really know. And I didn't really know what I was passionate about. I didn't really know who I was. I just thought 
being a lawyer would be a good job and that was it. So when you know what your purpose is, when you when you know and when you feel that, when you uh, when something resonates with you, I think that gives us strength and that gives us resilience and I think that gives us um, that magic ingredient that uh, cylinders firing. So I didn't really know what that was uh, those days. And so I, I became depressed and when I was in law school I had – terrible depression and I had an anxiety disorder and I had a panic disorder and uh, I had agoraphobia but I started seeing a doctor and this doctor was amazing. A friend of mine recently told me that as as doctors we don't treat a disease that a person has but we support a person who is going through a disease or a journey and I think that that's a really important distinction because it's a person first and this doctor was like that too so he um he saw me as a person he knew that I was a law student he knew that the aspects of my life that needed to keep running and that was important and he and he helped me through this journey and I came out of the depression and my whole world changed after uh after I emerged from that experience and um, I always say this my mom she she says that by helping one person you don't change the world but you'll change the world for them. And I think that's a powerful thing. So I realized that my doctor did that for me and I realized what a profound impact that it had on my life. And that's why I decided to become a doctor. So I finished law and uh, I got into medical school and I've loved it ever since. I was at work yesterday evening and uh, I was just thinking, you know, I love it. It's amazing. And that, that's real dedication. That's a lot of study. I mean, as a dietitian, I did five years and I still think that I'm a bit scarred to, have, to think to go back to university. So that's real dedication to have done a law degree and then your medical degree. So you must definitely really have certainly loved it. You talked a bit about your mental well-being and, and resilience. And so even now, though, you know, not being able to do everything that you might want to be able to do with your quadriplegia, don't know, but I'm suspecting that there would be times where you might get frustrated or that you might think, yeah, I wish I could do that. So how do you keep yourself well-spirited and use resilience just in your day-to-day life? Because I know you're always happy. Whenever time we talk, you're always pretty happy. (laughs) I love that question. I love that question so much. And I think it's a really important question. And I think there are a number of answers to that. And there are probably different facets to how how I feel about that. I think one of the things is life in general, whether it be a spinal cord injury or not. I think one of the biggest things about happiness and resilience is being able to differentiate between the things that you have control over and the things that you don't have control over. I don't have control over what happened. Uh, I don't have control over the spinal cord injury. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, we, we, we do in that we're working on spinal cord injury research and we're looking towards a future. You know, otherwise what's happened is happened and this is where I'm at. What, so I always think about what I can control and the things that are within that and that, that's, that's what I focus on. When you say that you focus on what you can control, which is wonderful, does it mean that you also maybe appreciate those things that are going well and some of those little things and not get too hung up on 
maybe the things that aren't going so well and that are out of your control, like you're, you can sort of let those go? Yeah, yes. Goes back to your first question that you asked me actually not being, not living in Australia all my life because I think a part of that is having perspective. Mm. So I grew up amongst kids who didn't have shoes. I grew up amongst people who were amongst the poorest in this planet. I'm talking people who live on a dollar a day. I'm talking people who don't have a home to live in, who don't have electricity, who don't have all that stuff. I'm talking about people who will never wear new clothes in their life. I mean, think about that, right? Mm. So mm. When, when I then think back to those people that I grew up around, it just gives me perspective to think, how, how lucky am I? Like I've, I've got new clothes, I've got light. At any given time on this world, like if we're talking about right now, right this minute there is someone in Ukraine with a spinal cord injury like mine stuck in a war zone not being able to escape. Someone on the other side of the world, perhaps in Africa somewhere, there would be someone with a spinal cord injury who doesn't have a wheelchair, doesn't have clothes, who's probably going to die in the next couple of months. So how can I, with all good conscience, complain about things I have? So um, that, that really helps perspective. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know, and I should have said in your your bio, we are both on the Healthy Life Advisory Board. I mean, I'm very happy to ha- have you as part of the advisory board that, that I chair. And I know that advocating for people with disability and just for health in general is really important to you. Do you have some goals or things in mind in particular that you're wanting to achieve in, in that area? It's been 12 years since I had the accident. Actually, on the 31st of January 2023, would have been 13 years. So there was a journey where I recovered from the injury. There was a journey where I came back to medical school and got out. And then I started to realize that um, there, there are so many barriers in education and employment and healthcare for people with disability. So one of the things we initially worked on was uh, making it easier for doctors with disability and medical students with disability and people who want to study the health professions or medicine, which we've made a long, lot of progress on. But I think there are, there are so many different things to still address. There is still education gaps. There is still health gaps. There is still life expectancy gaps. So there is a lot of work to be done. And then actually like working on the spinal cord injury research as well. Fantastic. So there's a, there's a lot to be done, but I think we're making uh, gradual progress and I think society is coming forward and disability. You know, I was talking to someone today who was saying that they're, they're developing an active wear line for people with disabilities. So. Oh, fantastic. That's great. I mean, one in six Australians have a disability, so it's, it's there, isn't it? And we need to um, make sure we're catering for everyone. Thinking about that, you know, diet, obviously being a dietitian, I'm a little bit biased on looking at the diet side of health, but, you know, we know that diet can be challenging for all Australians, let alone people with different disabilities. And I still go to an aged care facility and help older people who then have often disability with being able to feed themselves or with mental health, you know, dementia and forget that they're eating or how much they're eating. Or So there's so many different things that can affect how and why and what we eat. But for yourself, Dinesh, is there things around that you t- have to uh, make particular attention to and 
That's not about eating more pizza because in Dinesh's book he talks way too much about pizza. <laughs> but, but are there things in your diet that you have to watch for your own health? Look, I love chocolate and pizza, just, just for the record. <laughs> and chocolate-flavoured ice cream you love as well. chocolate-flavoured ice Whereas cream. Whereas I go for strawberry, Victorian strawberry ice cream. Dinesh will add strawberries to his chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Sorry. Go, Dinesh. <laughs> oh, I love it. So... I had a really interesting discussion with a rehabilitation physician once because I was getting to a point where I um, went from something like 70 kilograms to about 94, 95. And uh, the reason I noticed it was because I was suddenly having trouble fitting in the wheelchair. Wheelchair. I thought you'd say that. (laughs) And I saw uh, an occupational therapist and their answer was like, well, you probably got to get a bigger wheelchair. Now I'm like, oh, hang on, hang on. This is, this, this is not good. This is, um, and then I was starting to have trouble sleeping with sleep apnea and uh, the cholesterol was going up and all those things. And so I spoke to a rehabilitation physician. He's, he made a really interesting point in that I have now lost sensation below the chest. So I don't feel the sand beneath my toes and I don't have all this, you know, the sensory, I suppose, indulgences that I used to have. And having lost that, he said that food becomes one of the few things that you can enjoy from a sensory perspective. And food is important for that. So, but but the reality is I was just eating too much and I was eating too much of the wrong stuff. And I think I just said, okay, you know what, like I, I get it and I, I like things that taste good, but I also need to maintain my health and I need to yeah, for sure. survive without having a heart attack. So really it was just about cutting down my intake, watching how much I eat and starting to eat more of the right things. More vegetables, hey? Like most Australians need to have plenty of veggies, two fifths of veggies, a fist of carbs usually and about a fist of protein is an easy way I like to explain it to people. And often Australians have it the other way around where we have double the carbohydrates in our half the veggies. So I think an easy way without having to count calories is to just look at your plate or look at the volume, whatever you're making. And if you can make it at least half vegetables for at least two of the meals of the day, you're pretty right and make it a rainbow so that you can get all those phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals, which for you like, and for any of us gives us that protective effect against our heart or risk of other chronic um, health issues like cancers or bowel issues or, or, or even for mental health. Um, you, you know, our diet is just so important even for our mental health. It's not necessarily difficult. It's just about thinking and, and planning ahead a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, for someone with a disability, again, you might have certain logistical considerations to take into account. But again, yeah, it's really been whatever works. And actually, I do eat a lot of strawberries. Oh, good, good. <laughs> well, before I came to Australia, I have never seen a massive supermarket. It's And they're not around anymore, but um, there, there were some old supermarkets that I went to uh, when I first landed in Sydney. And I was just, remember looking around and they looked cavernous at that time. And I just thought, wow, you can buy so many different types of everything. Yeah. And that that's pretty amazing, right? Because, again, I remember just seeing people struggle to find a single meal or a single morsel to eat. And now I can go to one place where you can buy 
literally thousands of different things to eat and that that's pretty amazing so the choice is there as well and I think something I suppose from us to learn from that is to reduce the food waste though so it's great that we have all those choices but so things like if we've got lots of just for our listeners if you've got lots of extra strawberries because they're in season at the moment is doing things like popping them into the freezer even adding them into ice cube trays so that when you make a nice drink of water you just put the ice cube in there that's got the strawberry in so it makes the drink look good but it also tastes nice it may be even making some strawberry jam and you just enjoy that during the year or fruit salads or strawberries in fresh salads or blending it up into a smoothie or pureeing it and then adding it to your porridge or your birch muesli or something in the morning. So try not to waste the the delicate, beautiful strawberries. Once they're just a bit soft, you can still cook them up or puree them up and they're still really delicious or pop them in the freezer. Or send them to me, I'll eat it. (laughs) Exactly. We'll invite you over for a strawberry feast, Dinesh. (laughs) So we're coming to near the end of our chat and it's been lovely to talk to you about everything you're doing. I do think there is one actually thing I need to ask you before I ask you the critical last question is your book, Stronger. Mm. How's it going? Like I I know I really enjoyed it, but how's the talks and telling people about it and people reading it? How's that feel? It's it's wild, hey. It's so wild because... I go to the shopping center and I'll go to the bookstores and it's just there on the shelf or at an airport and it never gets old for me just seeing that there. But actually, just before I got on this podcast with you today, it's out in the US. So, I was just looking at uh, some of the US bookstores online and it's uh, in stock. Fantastic. I was also just replying to someone from uh, the uh, from a writers festival, so you know it's just it's just so cool. And I was at a I was actually at a writers event late last year, and there, there was a I was on a panel with a bunch of amazing authors, and they're professional authors, and they're so they're so deep and intellectual about their writing, and they're just they're amazing. But when it came to me, I just said, I'm just stoked to write a book. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and I, I know my book didn't get to go to America or anywhere near as wide as yours, Dinesh, but I do know my book, Eat Like an Athlete, it, it takes a lot of dedication to write a book. I think when I finished it, I thought I did not want to see it again for some time. I needed that break between submitting the manuscript to when it was in print to then love it again. Now, did you have a bit of a love-hate relationship between you'd finish writing it? Were you sick of it? Or did you just, knowing you, you probably just loved it the whole way through? Whereas <laughs> I was sick of writing it. I think one of the biggest moments for me was actually recording the audiobook because as I was reading it, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know, I don't know what this – is this good? I don't know. Is this any good? Someone tell me, please reassure me that this is okay. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank you. And I enjoy, I very much enjoy it. So please go and grab a copy or listen to Tanesha's book, Stronger, because it's, it's, it's a great one. I really enjoyed it. And it made me laugh and nearly cry, but um, it, it was really great fun. So, Tanesh, my last question for you, very important question. What is your favourite way to eat Victorian strawberries? Okay, so I'm of the belief that fruit flavored things are ridiculous so i think if you if you're gonna have a strawberry flavored anything just eat a real strawberry and that's my favorite way to eat victorian strawberries is just to have the real thing and and to be honest i actually eat it with the leaves and all 
I, I had another person last year who told me they did that too and they threw them in the whole um, in their smoothie and just put leaves and all. I've actually yep. never done that. Okay, that's a challenge for everyone, the listeners, to eat the Victorian <laughs> strawberry with the green part as well. Is that because you're lazy to take it off? No, I like it. I like it. Okay, you like it. Okay, it's part of that sensory experience. I'm going to do it. There's no reason why we can't do it. It's just part of the strawberry. So I'm going to challenge myself. to. I've got some strawberries in my fridge right now and I'm going to actually eat the green parts as well. So thank you very much for coming along and having a chat with us, Dinesh. We really appreciate you being with us today. Oh, Simone, thanks for having me. And I hope that you know how much I think of you. I think of the world of you. I think you're like a, a big shiny sun floating about on this world and we're lucky to have you. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Dinesh. Thanks for joining us at the Strawberry Jam Sessions. If you've enjoyed this very delicious podcast, please let others know by rating us wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's plenty more strawberry goodness where that came from. Simply head to vicstrawberry.com.au. Until next time, I'm your host and strawberry lover, Simone Austin for Victorian Strawberries.